0: Acts chapter 2 verses 36 all the way to 47 therefore let all sorry therefore let all Israel be assured of this God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah when the people heard this they were cut to their hats and said to Peter and the other disciples, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and to the, fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had, enough, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily, who were being saved.
1: This is the word of the Lord. Well, let's pray as we come to this passage of God's word. Would you, would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you for these inspiring words that stir our hearts and challenge us. We, we don't quite know what to do with them when we see this beautiful picture of your church. We pray that you'd use this short time together in your word now to challenge each one of us and to speak to us as a city congregation, as a part of wider St. Ebbs. Please, would you show us what you're calling us to as a group of Christians seeking to follow Christ together, a family filled with your Holy Spirit. Please, would your spirit be guiding our time now. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, can you imagine the scene? There you are. You had seen Jesus resurrected from the grave. He appeared to you bodily over a series of number of days. And then he said, I'm about to go to my father. uh, And when when I go, a comforter is gonna come and be with you, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus uh, goes up into heaven and you see him go. And then you're waiting in Jerusalem Uh, for this gift of the Holy Spirit that he promised. And then on the day of Pentecost, when Jerusalem is packed full, because people have uh, taken a pilgrimage to the city, this promised gift comes. And the Holy Spirit descends on all the Christians, uh, men and women alike, old and young, the apostles who lead and those who followed them, the Holy Spirit came on each individual Christian, and them as a collective, and they were empowered from that point forward in their following of Jesus Christ. And the church was born on that first day the Holy Spirit was given. And since then, it's spread all around the globe uh, to nearly all nations of the earth. The Bible is being translated into many different languages so that everyone can hear the message in their own tongue and as it spreads across the globe we'll hear more about that next sunday on world focus sunday we here as city congregation are a part of that global movement of god as individual christians generation after generation after generation believe in jesus christ have their lives transformed by him and are filled with the holy spirit and then they gather in churches all around the world and we're one of those congregations here set in Oxford and as we start a new year a chance for us to ask what is God calling us of us as his spirit-filled city family as you can see in the title there and just four questions uh, four w's that I want to ask uh, as we kind of look at what the vision of city is and ask what Jesus is calling of us in 2024 who? We'll ask the question of who. What? What are we devoted to? Uh, when and where we'll group together as one? And then why? First of all, who? Who is city congregation? Who, who's welcome and who should come and what does it mean to be a part of city? I think there's an actual sermon slide, Martin. If that, that, that can be up instead of that. There it is there, isn't that nice? Big thanks to Soph, who helped put that together for us. Uh, So the sermon series is called Empowered Life Together in the Holy Spirit. And what does it mean to be empowered by the Holy Spirit as we seek to follow Christ together into 2024? First of all, who? Well, we as City are a group of Christians filled with the Spirit, swimming against the tide of our culture, welcoming all who will come to Christ. We're, who are we? We're a group of Christians filled with the Spirit, swimming against the stream of our culture, welcoming all to Christ. Look at verses 36 through 41 again. Peter has just finished his sermon, uh, and he's drawing it to a close, and they're about to respond. They've seen the Holy Spirit fall on the Christians, and here's how he finishes. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And the people are cut to the heart and they ask, what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now here, packed in these words, is a description of what it means simply to be a Christian. Not just a Christian here at City Congregation, but any Christian anywhere in the world, what's the the heart of what it means? Well, it means this. You've heard the good news of Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross for your sins as a perfect sacrifice, that he was buried in a tomb and for three days. And on the third he rose up from the grave and then ascended into heaven. Peter had just preached that message to them. He's the Lord and He's the Messiah. And Christians are people who hear that message and they respond by saying, God, I'm sorry. I've lived as my own Lord. I turn from that. I repent of that. And I believe that I need Jesus to save me. And I give my life to him as my king. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what repentance is. And then we get baptized as kind of an outward sign to the world of the inward cleansing that Christ brings us by his sacrifice on the cross the forgiveness of sins that we enter into as Christians and then something marvelous happens when you trust in Jesus Christ did you notice that he speaks of the promise that's for anyone who would receive Jesus he says and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit isn't a gift for, like, super spiritual Christians. You know, maybe the ones who sit in the balcony or whatever. It's, it's for the Christians who are, who, who are just everyday Christians who believe in, in Jesus Christ. Whether you're a rector or whether you're just a newborn baby Christian, the Holy Spirit, when you believe in Christ, fills you. Not because of anything you've done, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. So that now your inner being can be a temple, a pure temple almost, of the Holy Spirit. He comes and indwells each one individual Christian. And he also indwells us as a, co- as a joint kind of family of Christians together. So if you believe in Christ, you do have the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you might experience that really intensely and warmly and wonderfully, in your emotions and in your mind and perhaps even sensing in your body at times. At other times you won't feel that and you might feel flat or you might say, where is God? But you can be assured in those moments that the Holy Spirit fills you if your faith in Jesus Christ is personal and real. And that's a very hopeful message. God isn't, he is high and he lives in a high and holy place. But he's come very near to us in his gift of the the Holy Spirit. So near that he's nearer than our own flesh, really. He's in our inner being. And that's what it means to be a Christian. And as he comes in us and he starts changing ourselves from within, it means we start to live in a way that's very different than the culture that surrounds us in a whole host of ways. And the Bible would point out many, many ways in which Christians are called to live Lives that are different than the culture around. Did you notice what Peter said in verse 40? With many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. That word corrupt means broken, uh, uh, dirty, defiled. And Christians are called, uh, well, everyone's called out of that to put faith in Christ and be changed by him. Now, There are many ways, as I said, that we could point out how the Bible's vision of life is different than that of uh, many of many who live in our culture today. But at least two of the things that this passage points out where we're called to live a different kind of life is when it comes to issues of race and diversity and when it comes to issues of money. Do you notice how when Peter promised the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said that it's for everyone who believe in Christ. And this was such a radical thing. The promise, verse 39, is for you and your children and for all who are fall off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And the wild thing is, as Peter says that, he doesn't know, he doesn't know how serious those words are going to be, even in his own life. As the book of Acts marches on, we discover that he gets challenged to, uh, in his belief that the Holy Spirit could even be given to non-Jewish people. And the book of Acts tells this story of how God's love crosses racial lines. And then as we look at the passage further, we see such a radically different way of handling money than our culture often handles it today. Where what I earn, what's given to me is mine, and I use it for furthering the purposes of my own life, my own fulfillment. And notice how, how wild the generosity of these Christians is. How if there was any among them who had need, uh, people made sacrifices. It's not just those who had great wealth gave. Some of the things that are sold by other Christians in this, prop, in this passage might have been things that they, they on one level needed. But... Uh, people who had things to give, when they saw need, they made personal sacrifices so that that need could could help their further, fellow brother and sister Christian, uh, Christian brother and sister, when they were low, when they were in, in the gutter. Christians sacrificed and sold things and gave and distributed. What a what a different vision of how we're to live our life together. Um, I'll say a bit more of that later. So, we're Christians filled with the Spirit, swimming against the stream of our culture, and we're welcoming all to Christ. Even though we're going against the stream of our culture, our corrupt generation, in in these two ways I've mentioned and many others, we're not getting a bunker mentality where we're trying to kind of keep out the world, you know, uh, trying to keep non Christian people away. We want relationships with Christians. The doors of the church are open. We read many times that thousands of people are added to their number. Uh, so, So not a bunker, instead an open invitation to all the people would come to Christ. That's who we are. Now what are we devoted to? Who, now what? Well, we're devoted to the Word of God, to prayer, the Lord's table, eating together, yay, and one another. Look at verses 42 and 45. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So here they are, and or so what do they get up to? What do they do? Well, they're devoted to these things. Now, I wonder as a, a question for the beginning of 2024 for you, what are you devoted to? If someone were to have, have observed the past week of your life, uh, somehow could see how you and I lived, what would they guess we are devoted to? That really says what we are. And here we get a picture of what we're as Christians to be. And we could talk about each of these things individually, but really the focus of the passages on our life together. We devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God. Of course, at this time, the apostles are performing signs and wonders because it's the foundation of the church. Not every Christian is performing signs and wonders. We're told through the apostles, these special miracles are done to say, look, this message that's being preached is real. And now their message has been written down for us under the guidance of the holy spirit so we devote ourselves to the apostles teaching by attending by studying by looking into together the word of god and i would encourage as you step into 2024 to ask how are how are you doing in your own personal life in the reading of the word of god and what does it look like for you to take an approach to that through 2024 it might be Uh, A a very ambitious plan, for many of us, I suspect, just getting into the Bible at all, maybe choosing one little book to work your way through over time for as long as it takes, for as much of the Bible as feels life-giving each day, and talking to God about that. But we want our meetings in our church service here, and when we meet in small groups throughout the week, to be centered around the apostles' teaching and prayer and to the breaking of bread. Now, what does that mean? Now, some believe that the breaking of bread mentioned here is referring to the Lord's table, which we usually enjoy as city congregation about once a month. uh, And we usually get one of the other kind of proper pastors to come and lead us in the Lord's table because I'm not uh, yet ordained as an Anglican. Um, So we enjoy the Lord's table together. And they, of course, were doing that because Jesus had commanded them to break bread and to drink wine together in remembrance of his sacrifice, but then it surely also meant that they were often eating together, just eating together, right? And who here loves eating together? Yes, hands all over the show. A bit, a bit slight over here. Not too many hands over here about eating together. Um, but there's something about eating food together, where it draws us into closer fellowship with one another and helps us to actually go deeper with Christ as we learn about each other's lives around a meal, and then learn how we can share life with each other. And then we have deeper fellowship with each other when we share what we have with one another. And here again are those uh, words of how generous the early Christians were. If anyone had need, they made sure that their Christian brothers and sisters we're lifted up and taken care of. What does that look like for us here at City? Well, it might mean that if you find that you have something that you 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 don't need, or, or that you need but don't really need, and you see another Christian in greater need, that you dispose of that or give that to them, that they might have what they need to take the next steps in in their in their lives. This. Isn't uh, kind of a mandatory thing that everyone, you know, you sell all you have and you put it into a common pot and we as the church Distribute it. It's very clear in this chapter and in ones to follow in acts that it's a voluntary decision and uh, not 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 you must But you may and you get to and so if you see a brother and sister in the city congregation in need I'd really encourage you to pay attention and be asking Man, how can we as a city church, help this person through this part of their life. And that might mean that you simply make the need uh, known to us if you can't help yourself, or you work with a group of Christians to come alongside the person. But here's a way that we as Christians are called to live way different uh, than so much of what the world says about um, uh, material things, where it's about just kind of building it up over time, which doesn't satisfy in the end, does it? So that's what we are. We're devoted to one another in the word of God, prayer, the Lord's table, eating together, sharing with one another. Now that's uh, the what? What about the when and the where? Well, look at verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they met in the temple. Every day they met together in the temple courts. So that means that at different times, they gathered all together. They went to the temple. They would have seen the daily sacrifice. The priest would have pronounced a blessing over them. And those were Christians gathered alongside Jewish people, worshiping God at the temple, gathering all together in kind of a more formal setting of worship like this. And they would have done that with other Jewish people because they believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. So they did that all together, gathered. But then they also worshiped Christ scattered. Day-to-day, we're told that they gathered in each other's homes and they ate together in the home with, with one another. And day-to-day means, seems to say, that it was a, a part of their kind of everyday life to be with other Christians and to seek to encourage each other In their faith in Christ what a challenge so if you're in secondary school and you're in you know you're there with a group of lots of people lots who don't know Christ but then you might know of a few other Christians in your school and uh, they want to get together in a Christian Union to eat snacks and to read the Bible or pray together in the school pray for the school don't think that that's like way lower in importance than coming here on a Sunday. You know, gathering together as Christians in all sorts of different ways, including in schools or in workplaces or in seniors' homes or in food banks um, or on sports teams with people who play sports with you who are also Christians. Find different ways to gather with each other uh, in the week to be praying and encouraging each other so, not just gathered all, all together in the church or the temple, but scattered, and then more day by day, living life alongside. And what we notice is then a gladness breaks out. We're told that joy came upon them, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There's a real joy to be had. So, again, not a big must. You must see Christians every day. No. But you may, you may live a lot, your life alongside Christ, other Christians more regularly and invite them into your life and share life with them, not just on Sundays, but through the week. And we have three groups currently a city congregation. One meets on a Sunday morning, one meets on a, on a Tuesday evening, one meets on a Thursday evening in different parts of the city. I'd love to see other groups going. I'd love to see one born in Botley, I'd love to see a group started up in our, in our local estate. Uh, and if you would like to host a group or be a part of a group that meets midweek to study the Bible and pray, if you wanna open up your home just to have it at yours, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, when and where? Well, we are gathered on a Sunday, yes, but we're also scattered day by day and we meet during the meet week. And then finally, why? We've looked at the who, the what, the when, where, now, the why, closing with verse 47 Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Why all this about church? What's it for in the end? Well, it's for the praise of God. God's so worthy of our worship and praise that. He wants to hear it come from our hearts when we gather together like this. And he gets glorified and honored and that's the purpose of him giving the gift of his Holy Spirit to us and empowering church. It's, It's for his glory. And then it's also for the good of those in our world who don't yet know him. You see how the church right from its very beginning is a missionary people that's looking outward to those who are added. To their number one a theologian put it this way mission exists because worship doesn't mission exists because there's so many for whom worship doesn't exist in their lives and so that's why we're ab- about what we're about this year in 2024 i'm gonna pray and then we're gonna respond in song i'll invite the band up as we pray let's Talk to the Lord together. Father, as we respond to what we've heard in your word today, we invite you to search us. We invite you to show us as a city congregation how you'd like us to grow together in our life together as we hear this challenge of yours. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is such a dear and intimate help amid the struggles of life. We pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us as a congregation. We want to put our sails up into the wind of your spirit, O God. And please, would you lead us forward that we might glorify you more and that more might be added to our number because they look in and see something that's out of this world. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.